There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. Today, we've got a great story of compliance against somebody that's sexist. But first, a story from It's Cool, I'm with the band. Oh, you think I'm your personal travel agent? Okay, then. So I'm in the military, and we have this system that we use called the Defense Travel System, or DTS. That's used to book our airfare, hotel, rental car, etc. Everyone who travels does their own booking in the system and submits it for approval. My supervisor, who's a brand new 22-year-old second lieutenant, didn't want to learn how to use the system and always made me book her trips for her last minute because I was an administrator. Anyways, no matter how many times I told her she needed to do it herself and showed her how to use the system, she'd always wait until the last minute to get anything done and book her flights. Because of this, I was always having to get on the phone with the commercial travel office to book her flights last minute. Finally, I had enough and figured this girl is never going to do this herself, and I'll always be stuck taking care of it last minute. So I started booking her trips for her in DTS, as she wanted me to do all along. So I did. I made sure her flights left at the earliest possible time, and had the longest layovers available. Seat was in the middle seat in the last row for all her flights. I removed her known traveler number in the system so she wouldn't get pre-check. I booked her hotel at the lowest cost hotel in the system, so usually a Motel 6 or Howard Johnson, even though Hilton's and Marriott were within the cap. And on occasion, I booked her rental car at an off-site location that didn't have a shuttle to it. She would come back from her trip upset and complaining about how bad it was, how bad the hotel was, her seat on the plane, and how she wasn't even pre-check even though she's military. She never figured out it was me. All I know is, is if I'm in a situation where I have to book my own accommodations, I'm going to be going out of my way to make sure I can get the best possible things for myself. There's only one person to blame in this situation. They have no room to complain. Would you rather just keep giving this person who keeps complaining awful reservations? Or would you rather at some point break the glass bottle over their head and explain to them that the reason they're having such crap experiences is because they're allowing OP to give them such crap? Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. Our next story is from Magnus Rude. Shots fired. This is a very silly one that happened at work today. 
I'm sitting at the register, rifling through our tool drawer, trying to organize it better. My hands are beneath the counter and out of sight from the other side. My colleague comes over with an item and he asks me to shoot, scan, it for an article number. I raise the staple gun from the tool drawer that I happen to be holding at that moment, fire it at the item, and turn back to my task without comment. After the initial shock and confusion, he found it rather amusing. I'm not gonna lie, this kinda took me back to school days where there was an annoying kid who sat next to the teacher's desk, and there was a box of staples sitting on the teacher's desk, and they would keep reaching over, picking up like a handful of staples, and they would chuck them one by one at everybody in front of them. I had longer hair at the time, so I could feel them hitting me in the back of the head with it and like trying to hook it in my hair. It was kind of unrelated, but it pissed me off, and (laughs) and this story made me think of it. Our next story is from Long Suffering Squid. I'm not the tech you're looking for. Good afternoon, Widgets International. This is OP. How can I help you? The customer says, Hi, I have a paired set of widgets, a primary widget and an auxiliary, and I have a programming question. I say, that sounds like a tech support issue. Let me transfer you to the tech support. The customer interrupting says, Oh, please don't transfer me. Can't I tell you about it first? Dot, dot, dot. Sure, how can I help you? They say, well, I'm trying to calibrate the primary widget and the auxiliary widget stops transmitting to the primary when I do that. I stay silent and the customer agitatedly says, well, I say, I'm sorry, what is your question? They say, is it supposed to do that? I say, I really think I should transfer you to tech. They say, no, just tell me what you think. Me giving up just says, yes, it could make sense that the auxiliary would shut off while you're calibrating the primary so that you don't have an extra set of signals interfering with your calibration. They say, see, that's what I thought. I interrupt saying, however, it could also make sense that, since these widgets are designed to work as a pair, the auxiliary would stay on and continue to transmit while calibrating the primary because the auxiliary is designed to supplement the primary. The customer says, which is it? I say, I have no idea. They say, well, why not? I say, because I'm not in tech support. The customer takes a moment, then says defeatedly, Can you transfer me to tech support, please? This is one of those situations where you finally transfer the customer off to tech support, and you have to take a moment where you just like prop your elbows up on the desk, head in the palms of your hands. You're just like, why do people just not understand? Why don't people ever hear me out? I think you need to take a good few beats just to compose yourself after one like that. By the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. Our next story is from Beautiful Sound 2549 When boss believes her orders are above the concept of time. Not a very good one, but it makes me laugh when I think about it. I was working with sailboats, and we had to go work on a boat that was on land in a boatyard in another state for a few days. My boss also set up a networking event while on that trip, and asked me to go, stating it's imperative I'm not late. The day before the event, when discussing the plan for the next day, I said it would make more sense for me to just go to the event directly instead of working on the boat for 10 minutes and then leave. She berated me and told me to be there and then go to the event. Okay then. We show up at the boat yard with a small delay, get on the scissor lift that would get us on the boat, got up there, let everyone off, and then I went down again. She asked me, what the heck are you doing? I say, going to the event. She says, it's in 30 minutes. I say, we're 30 minutes away. I can't be late. The anger at the whole situation when she realized I was proving her own stupidity? Joyful. 
Well, in a situation like that, you can't really help the stupidity of it, and, well, as it turns out, you can't really help the boat either. This next story is from Wooly's Mudcake. Don't want to speak to my female coworker and would rather talk to a man? How about we don't? This was a few years ago when I was around 18. I worked at a large chain of automotive parts stores. The store had a roughly equal number of male and female staff, and being automotive, the women seemed to get a decent amount of men and other women who would ask for one of the boys to help them. I was out back loading stock onto a trolley to run onto the floor when one of my female co-workers, mind you she's worked here for around 7 years at this point compared to my around 3 months of employment, comes and finds me and asks me to help a customer. I ask why she needs help because she usually knows more than I do considering how long she's been working here. She explains she was standing at the service desk and a guy came up and asked her to get one of the boys. She tried explaining to him that she's more than competent to help but he insisted that a man needs to help him. So after hearing this I decide screw it I may as well have some fun. I tell her to follow me back to the desk where he was and to just let me sort it out. I get to the customer and ask what he needed. He explained what he was after, so I just kind of stare with a puzzled look for a moment. Look at the customer and say, I'm sorry, I actually don't know how to help with that one. And turn to my coworker and say, actually, she's an expert in that field. She knows more about that than I do. I'm sure she can help you. He looks annoyed and asks for another one of the boys. And on cue, one of my other male coworkers who had overheard the entire conversation walks over. The customer looks at him and asks for the same thing again, to which he replies, Oh, actually, she's an expert on that. She's probably the best person to ask that question too, before wandering off again. The customer begrudgingly got her help on the matter and walked out without talking to anyone else in the store. I really didn't understand these people's lines of thinking. All I know is, regardless of what person is in front of me, if they're presented to me as an expert and they're working for a legitimate company, I'm going to trust that they're an expert. Obviously, anybody with this mindset and behavior needs to get called out for it. And our final story of the day is from Lien Tien. Call everyone, you say? Explain everything? Sure thing, boss, I'm on it. A little bit of backstory. I used to run a medium-ish sized, 40 rooms, hotel down in Florida for a couple of years not that long ago. The hotel was a couple of old neighboring beach apart motels bought by a foreign investor and then extensively renovated into a single modern boutique hotel. The location was amazing for this type of business. Before the pandemic, it was indeed a prime piece of property. The property manager that had run it at the time had built the hotel up with the idea of a place people would really be happy to return to, especially considering that the person who had run the place at first, an ex-girlfriend of the owner, had chased all the old motel guests off. Apparently, and I quote one of the former guests here, We don't want your kind here, she told people, meaning older generation, mainly middle-class Americans from the Midwest, spending their family vacations down in Florida every year for decades. Also, backtracking a bit to a point rather important for the story, the owner is not a nice person, nor had he ever worked in or had run the hospitality business. His main line of business is retail abroad, very much so and he is a self-absorbed, entitled narcissist with an attitude. He had constantly meddled, making incredibly foolish or downright harmful decisions during the renovation, and then forcing the property manager to carry them out. She was smart and competent enough to usually find a workaround, but sometimes he insisted further. 
things weren't smooth. So fast forward to me starting to run the actual hotel part of the business, which at first the owner hadn't meddled in that much. Our main focus groups at the time had been the cruise ship crowd, regular vacation goers, the conferences nearby, and finally the annual events. Multiple music festivals, holidays, as well as, drumroll, the International Boat Show. The last one being a week-long affair of yacht-building companies selling their boats to rich folks. Ten minutes walk from our hotel. The place I managed was a bit too low-key for the rich crowd, but guess where all those yacht-building companies wanted a room to place all their staff at? We had 40 of them, with multiple beds and full kitchens and we had built the place up with regular guests in mind, including the festival goers and the yachtsmen, especially the yachtsmen, meaning discounts, free upgrades, personalized approach, regular touch-ups, even occasional barbecue parties. I was on the first-name basis with quite a few boat-building managers, as well as boat captains, because when a boat is sold, they often stay around, get repaired, and the crew has to stay somewhere, and our little place was known in the circles as a good place for them. I had made it my goal to make it attractive for the target audiences, and in some of them, everyone knew each other and word got around. I'm a firm believer in the hospitality business being run with the client in mind, not the profit. So we had an amazing year of building up connections and making the place really nice to a few very specific circles, and then the pandemic hit. The hotel was almost empty for half a year, had to furlough most of our staff for a while. Eventually, the pandemic was sort of forgotten about, at least in Florida. Cruise ships hadn't come back, but the regular vacation goers had, en masse. We got very busy very fast. However, the owner wasn't thrilled with me hiring a new front desk receptionist. Why bother if I myself could do this job as well, right? Make housekeepers, we had two of them total for the entire place. Do laundry as well. Get the property manager to do accounting too. At the same time, the owner had bought a yacht, just because, and attempted to make our property manager run the boat as well. So after a few more months of struggle, she finally had enough and quit. Good for her. We're still friends even today. The owner replaced the property manager with his daughter. Like father, like daughter. Exactly same type. However, in their country, manager is manager. They don't get the difference between a property manager, does the building or the property side of things, and a business manager, does the business in that building. She immediately had decided that her job was to run the hotel, and my job was to do what I'm told. And the first thing they do, the father and daughter, is look at the boat show just one month ahead, as well as the festive season a couple of months later. They had a brilliant idea of making more money. After all, why did we sold all the rooms that cheap? Triple rates for the boat show? We could easily make twice as much, right? And why offer free parking when no one around does that? Not like it's a selling point, right? So they tell me to change the room rates on existing reservations and start charging for the parking on reservations that were made with the free parking listed. And above all, charge more for the boat show on the rooms that had been sold a year ago, mostly face-to-face, when people were checking out after the last show. And it was apparently up to me to call them and let them know that we'd raise the rates by 50%. Oh, and that the parking for the show is now $100 a day per vehicle. I wasn't happy with the idea, to say the least. For whatever reason, I'd assume that this was not how things are done in the US. 
even down in Florida despite the infamous Florida man. Nor I felt comfortable calling people, most of whom I knew, and telling them this banger of an idea. So I'd fought against this decision as hard as I could. I came up with various reasons as to why we shouldn't do it, pointed out how we run the place, argued the point of the reputation. The owner hadn't listened, but said, I hear you, but trust my business acumen. After all, I had made millions. Their daughter had listened to me very carefully. Her reply? Your direct superior had decided and given your instructions. It's not your place to think and question things. Just call them all and explain everything. That's your job. So a bit of malicious compliance then. I called our guests, and not just the boat people. I called most regulars of ours. Took a while, and I explained what was happening. I told them the truth, how things are run now, what new ideas are there, etc. I also told them that I was very much against these new decisions, and that I probably won't be there for long. Most of them thanked me for the information and said they'll be in touch. A few local yachtsmen asked me if they could come in to discuss things. In the end, the boat show people were forced to pay extra. It's impossible to find a good property at any price range close to the boat show location just a month before the show itself. The local ones who came in and met with the owner and his daughter got a great deal of free parking after the price adjustment. I struggled to keep a professional face. However, when I met with them on my own after their talk with the owner, or when I talked with the other regulars over the phone, almost all of them thanked me for my efforts and told me that they won't be back. Neither would anyone they know. Also, if I would go to a new place, would I please let them know so they would go there too? Well, that very week I gave the owner's daughter my notice, left just before the show began, letting her be the one to deal with the crap storm, since she insisted on being the boss so much. From what I hear, she hadn't managed at all. Right now the place is run by a shady management company that just doesn't care with the daughter supposedly running the front desk. No one's answering any calls or checking emails. Reviews plummeted. They haven't even renewed their licenses or paid Booking.com and Expedia fees, who are threatening legal action now. And apparently, the owner and his daughter blame me and the property manager for everything, since it's our leaving that screwed them over. Whatever. I'm sorry, but if you own a business and some worker underneath you leaves for any reason. It's not retroactively their fault that you're now facing issues now that you just cannot deal with, that you're not equipped to work around. The most hilarious thing is they're probably totally happy to sit there and complain that these people leaving are the reason everything's in the crapper, and yet nobody else is going to have any sympathy for them. Nobody's going to come in there and rescue them. Nobody's going to say, oh, that sucks. Screw those people. At the end of the day, they're going to say, well, either way, your hotel sucks, which is fantastic. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy compliance story, click on that left video. Or if you missed my latest video, check out the one on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 